Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? Then do I have a solution for you. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecha Nutrition? Mecha Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now. And for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs, as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at Neil or Neil at MeccaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecca Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Today is Friday, November 15th, 2019, and that can only mean one thing. Yeah, you're damn right. A flashback Friday interview for you. Today's interview is former Yankees and Red Sox outfielder Darnell McDonald talking big poppy clubhouse stories, playing for Bobby Valentine in 2012. That wasn't fun for him. Pitching in an MLB game in 2012, creating his own yoga company, Svate Sport. His mental skills role with the Chicago Cubs and so much more on episode 117 of the O Show presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Remember to use the promo code OSHO10 for $10 off your next order using TickPick. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-10 for $10 off your next order using TickPick.com. Only ticket marketplace with no hidden fees is TickPick. Use the promo code OSHO20 for $20 off your next order at MechaNutritionStore.com. MechaNutrition, build a better you. If you're into banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping eights, use the promo code OSHO20. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-20 for $20 off your next order at Mecca Nutrition. Also remember to follow the O Show at O Show Pod on both Instagram and the Twitter. That's O Show Pod, all caps, O-S-H-O-W-P-O-D. And also a reminder for any aspiring sports journalism students out there, take notes. Flashback Friday interview. This is what not to do during an interview with a professional athlete. Don't be boring. Show energy. I did none of these things in the first season of this podcast. Still good content, though. Darnell McDonald on today's Flashback Friday of the O Show, and it starts right now.
So, um, I guess we'll jump right into it. I know you t- said a little while ago that you kind of stopped watching after the Cubs were eliminated, but the Boston Red Sox won the 2018 World Series. They creamed the Yankees, creamed the Astros, took care of the Dodgers. What do you think made the Red Sox team so successful this year in 2018? Uh, number one, they really good players. Um, really, really good players. You know, they played together, you know, listened to, you know, even the press conferences after the game, you could really tell that they were united and playing together. And, you know, those are the things that allow you to win championships. And so kind of, they had a dream season, obviously. I mean, they set a record and uh, a franchise record in wins. So it was definitely uh, meant to be for them. Ever since you retired in 2013, you've worked with the uh, Cubs as, like, the mental skills coordinator. Explain your role with the Cubs being the mental scores, uh, mel- mental skills coordinator. Um, yeah, so the second year of the program, uh, myself along with uh, Josh Lee Freck and John Baker, Ray Fuentes, um, and David DeSilva came on this year. Um, together, we really is about, you know, for me, I'm going I'm to rewind back a little bit because when I played, I didn't do really any mental skills training. That's probably the one thing that if I could go back and do anything over again, it'd be uh, that understanding that the mental side of the game is a skill you can develop like all the other skills uh, that we work on. So that's uh, really why I'm passionate about the the mental side of the game. Because at the end of the day, I understand that that's the separator to be be able to execute at the highest level and do it uh, consistently. And so my role was going around. I started at the lower levels, go around to our teams and meet with players and just get to know them. Help be a resource for the mental side of the game. Obviously, you started that in 2013. You were part of that 2016 World Series wrong. Tell me a little about about the atmosphere from your experience during that 2016 World Series run, given it was a 108 year drought. The atmosphere was, uh, I mean, if you can imagine what 108 years of not winning a World Series and kind of like the Red Sox this year having a uh, it was a storybook season from start to finish I remember you know from spring training to the end of the season it was pretty much the same vibe the whole year and uh, you know obviously the way you know the game the World Series was won game seven uh, being an unbelievable game the whole uh, World Series being you know unbelievable it was I don't think you could write a, uh, a script better than how it, how it went. And uh, I, can, I still watch that, that game seven. There's so many uh, great things that, that happened, but to be able to be a part of the, the parade and see how happy, I've never seen that many uh, people, happy people together. It was, it was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen to see people lined up uh, for miles, miles and miles, 
to uh, celebrate the, the Cubs World Series was, was pretty special. So, um, you know, I'm just blessed to be able to be a part of that experience. Yeah, and definitely, like you said, people lining up all the way down blocks and blocks. Probably one of the best baseball games I've ever witnessed was Game 7 of that World Series. So you've pl- you've played for the Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, Reds. In your entire career, who was your uh, favorite organization to play for? <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because, you know, a lot of people, they ask that question. And for me, it's no doubt the Red Sox. Um, the Red Sox is kind of where I was able to become a, a big leaguer. You know, it gave me opportunity and to be a part of something, you know, extremely special. Um, again, so much history of, of guys that have put on that uniform and, you know, games that have been played in that stadium. And so it was, for me, it was like everything that I dreamed of as a kid, you know, playing wiffle ball in the backyard. Um, imagine being in, you know, that type of situation and atmosphere. So, and obviously the great people there also. There's so many great people, teammates, and people that, you know, work at the stadium and that are part of that organization that just, um, you know, made it really special for myself and my family. So, I, I love Boston, too. Boston's awesome. So, Red Sox were your favorite team you ever played for. Who was your favorite teammate? Tough, 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 tough question. Uh, that's another thing that really special about my career is just uh, the amount of unbelievable players that I got to watch play the game. And when I say, you know, Hall of Fame, Hall of Famers, David Ortiz, Joya, Adrian Beltre, and there's so, the list goes on. If you're a Red Sox fan, you know all the great players they had over there. Um, 2010 was my first year there. Uh, you know, we didn't, obviously didn't win, but it felt, it felt, uh, you know, that was one of the most special teams that I was a part of and being able to hang out. It wasn't even, you know, it, what I really miss is just hanging out with, with the guys, that camaraderie. That's another thing that I tell people. That's, that's, that's what it's all about, man, those, those relationships. And so can't answer your question. Can't answer your question because <laughs> there's too many. And it's uh, so, so awesome that they would be a part of, uh, you know, I, I played with Derek Jeter for for about four days, but right. you know, Derek, Derek Jeter, this guy is the epitome of just consistency. And that's what it takes to be a major league player. And he did it at that level for 20 years. And you see why when you see him um, every day and what he brings, it's, you're not surprised about the success that he um, that he had because he's probably the most consistent player I've I've ever seen as far as routine everything he does and well and I mean, it, it's you can see it by the way he plays the game as well I tell little kids the the same story all the time about this Derek Jeter he ran the same way to first base for 20 years. And he did it just how they teach you in Little League. He ran, get the front of the bag, look to the right, see if there's an overthrow. It's a lost art in the game uh, nowadays. But Derek Jeter did it for 20 years. You mentioned those three guys, Ortiz, Pedroia, Jeter. Those are actually my next three questions. Do you have any, like, clubhouse stories or any, like, personal cool stories about first Big Poppy David Ortiz? 
um, you know, just a, a special person, energy that he brings, and he brings it, you know, every day. Pedroia, same way. Pedroia was going to be at the field at like 11 o'clock. He's going to be fully dressed in his uniform with his wrist taped, everything, at like 6 o'clock, walking around, locked in, telling everyone, you know, how many lasers he's going to hit. And, uh, you know, again, you know, you talk about that, that consistency. All those guys were extremely consistent with their attitude and their energy that they brought um, to the field every day. And that's something that rubbed off on not only myself, but everybody. And, you know, like I said, that's when I went to Boston. That's when I really felt like a big leaguer because I'm watching these, these big leaguers and just watching what they do and learning. Reds, Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs. What was the best moment of your entire career? And still need to, tough, these are tough questions because it's tough to pick <laughs> out this one moment. Like, right. You know, obviously I got to say my first day with Boston, um, that couldn't draw that up um, any better from the time I got called up to, you know, getting a police escort to the stadium at 6 o'clock right before the game and just put my uniform on and strapping it on and next thing you know Tito's pinch hitting so um and then to be able to you know hit the home run and then come up bases loaded two outs bottom of the ninth and hit the walk off that's it's pretty tough to top that um but I think another one that ranks right up there with me was San Francisco hitting a home run for a kid that I met um you know before the game that uh Unfortunately, he passed away, but he um, met him before the game, and he, he I was given a wristband uh, from you know, Dave, Mes- Dave Mesmer, who introduced me to him, and to be able to hit that home run, I remember they gave me the wristband, they said, you know, you're going to hit a home run today. Of course, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You know, he said, Madison Bumgarner, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> You know, sure enough, hit a home run, one nothing, and running around the bases was, uh, it was like a, you know, it's like a dream. But, uh, I, you know, I kind of go on and on. There's so many things that, you know, there's so many moments that I will always look back on and never forget, you know, those moments I, that I uh, really cherish. That's obviously an awesome moment. Should be the best moment of your career. Let's get into a little bit about today's game, today's topics. 48 hours ago, Shohei Otani won the American League Rookie of the Year over Miguel Andahar and Glaber Torres. As a Yankee fan, I feel a little bit discredited because Miguel Andahar played 50-plus more games than Shohei Otani. I know he's the two-way player and all, but who do you think personally should have won the American League Rookie of the Year, Shohei Otani or Miguel Andahar? Definitely value. You know, you got to be out there. you got to be out there. Um, numbers, you know, and... Yankees, your, your, your guy, definitely had the numbers. Also, I think, you know, Otani, for what he did, that's something that's never been done, you know, really, at that level. I don't know how many games how many games did he win as a pitcher. Right. Uh, I know his his season was obviously short, and he pitched like two or three months. I think he had seven wins. Yeah, so, that, you know, for me, it could, it could have gone either way, man. I, I'm satisfied with either, either, either one because those are – you know, they're both deserving of the award, I think. NL Rookie of the Year, Acuna Jr. took it. Juan Soto obviously could have taken it. He came in second. Who do you who would you say in the NL, Acuna Jr. or Juan Soto? Yeah, Acuna, 
Quintana, man. Quintana. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, to be able to come up and do what he did, and they went to the playoffs, man. That's that's pretty special. That kid's gonna be, uh, you know, really special for a long time. That was that's really impressive, and you know, he, him and uh, Ozzy put the team on their back. They got the Braves back to brave baseball, so to speak. Mike Trout, Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, three finalists for the AL MVP. J.D. Martinez ended up winning two Silver Sluggers in the same season as a DH and a right fielder. Uh, a lot of people feel like J.D. Martinez kind of got screwed out of the MVP race given the analytics around Mike Trout. Um, Mike Trout didn't really play any two important games this year considering the Angels were out of it pretty early. Do you think J.D. Martinez should have been a can- an MVP candidate over Mike Trout? Absolutely. I mean, you got to be at least a candidate. You know what I'm saying? That's at least. Right. At least. And, um, you know, it's, it's Mookie and J.D. Martinez. For me, like the MVP, like you got to win. You know, it's about winning. And, um, you know, just like the rookie of the year and, you know, pretty much all, all the awards. I think you got to put all these things together and winning is part of it. Helping your team win games, obviously it's a team game. Um, for JD Martinez not to be a candidate is is crazy, man. Um, you know, for me, on Mookie, what he did at the plate and uh, in the field, he'd be my my winner. But yeah, JD Martinez should be he should be a candidate for every award there is. Yeah, and considering, I don't think the Red Sox were that much of a home run hitting team this year. Obviously, this year Mookie Betts had a career year, but JD bringing in JD Martinez for the price that they brought him in completely changed the atmosphere up in Boston. So I think he should have at least been considered over a guy like Mike Trout, who is the best player in baseball, but at the same time didn't really play too many important games this year. Without a doubt. So you're a Cubs guy. Uh, reports have been swirling around saying that the Cubs are considering trading Chris Bryant this offseason, basically just saying anybody's not untouchable. Do you think it's even possible that the Cubs consider trading Chris Bryant this offseason? Well, I'd say no, nothing is ever impossible, you know, but I'd, I'd, be, I'd be really sad to see him go anywhere else. Great player and brings a lot to, to any team. Um, at the end of the day, like for everyone coaches, managers, players, it's all, you know, it's business. You know, it's part of the mental skills and helping even these younger players understand this at a young age because it was tough for me to understand that coming from high school. Yeah, man, this is business. Now people do business, and that's why I say nothing's ever impossible. Again, love Chris. He's another one that's going to be, uh, you know, a game changer for uh, years to come. Another one, another guy that's uh, pretty consistent, obviously. Let's say they don't trade Chris Bryant. They end up up keeping guys like Bryant, Rizzo, the core of their team, basically the faces of their franchise. Given that Chris Bryant and Bryce Harper grew up together, same high school in Nevada, do you think it's possible the Cubs go after Bryce Harper this offseason, considering they want to win next year? (laughs) Uh, Like I just said, man, nothing is... Nothing's impossible. Everything is everything's possible. I wouldn't put anything past, um, you know, Theo and the management. It's one thing that I love about Theo is that he's extremely competitive and he wants to win. And as a player and as a staff member, like that's, that's the type of organization that I want to be a part of is organizations that are trying to win year in and year out. 
Um, you know, I I think we we have the the, the guys the guys that were there this year were you know the team without any additions. You know, because can win a World Series. So, you know, any addition, yeah, that'd be be nice. But I think the the Cubs have a, a team now that they can win, getting guys healthy, and uh, guys play the way that we know they can play. Um, you know, I think that's possible. And then this question is along the same lines: What do you think the Cubs need to do in order to really be a contender next year? Win a couple more games. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. And it's because this this year is it's 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 pretty it's that's amazing also considering uh, guys being out and the injuries and to be able to win uh, ninety five games that's that's pretty good you know and so you you win a World Series it's about just getting you know get to the playoffs you get to the playoffs anything can happen it's kind of like the the NCAA team. Teams, teams are uh, hot at the right time. You know, you, you got a chance. There's a little luck that you know is involved in that. And you know, this this past year didn't have really any luck. And despite that, still was able to do um, you know what they did. So I don't think it's uh, you know there's any like big major things that need to happen. Just bring you know bring that, that those good vibes back and and win a couple more games and right there we're speaking about the, the Cubs winning another World Series which I hope they can do considering the Red Sox since they broke their curse have won four it'd be nice to see the Cubs <laughs> win a couple more championships uh, I got two more questions before I let you go the first being you're a yoga instructor tell me a little bit about your yoga company since I've had a really tough time trying to pronounce it on LinkedIn, <laughs> tell me a little bit about uh, that. Uh, well, I'm t- I'll tell you right now. So uh, I want you to say Sayaya. Sayaya. Say Sayaya. Sayaya. Yep. Say it two more times. Sayaya. Sayaya. Okay. So that's <laughs> it, right there. Nice. You got it. And <laughs> what that means is self-study. And so, um, was, you know, right around the time that. My career was in, and I started doing a little yoga uh, towards the end of my career, more as a um, just a, a, a supplement to the workouts I was, the other workouts, workouts I was doing, and to get a little flexibility. And then, you know, I retired and started getting a little deeper in my practice, and um, you know, just was like going through really tough times in my life, and it was. For that, the learning more about yoga and meditation, and uh, you know, doing these practices helped really change, change my life, man. Transitioning into not being a baseball player anymore, and you know, not having you know that that competition that I was so used to having. I know it's really tough for. I don't think people realize how tough it is when the game, when you're not playing anymore. And this is something that you've been doing all your life. So, um, you know, I also started to understand as I got deeper in my practice of how this translated to baseball. And, you know, you have coaches that are growing up and they're always saying, okay, you know, you need to focus, you need to concentrate. 
talk about playing the game one pitch at a time, but we never really talk about how you practice those things. And so I started to understand how doing these practices is a way to practice playing the game pitch to pitch, being in the moment, be aware of your body, all these things that are going to help you make adjustments in game and kind of coach yourself. And, um, you know, so that's another reason you know, why I'm passionate about the, the yoga and meditation and, and teaching and teaching guys, um, you know, different techniques that they can, that they can use and incorporate into their routine. And so, um, you know, part of that Sat Yaya yoga brand company, um, you know, we're getting ready to come out with some apparel and you got to stay tuned, like really stay tuned, like really <laughs> soon, like really, really soon. Okay. I'm getting ready to be 40 Saturday. Oh, there so you like, go. That, that'd be a great time to just bring everything together. Right. So you got to stay tuned. But these clothes are just, you know, little things that, um, you know, I'm a big fan of hats. I love hats and, um, you know, some different T-shirts and different different things, mementos, reminders to stay present, enjoy the moment. Great, great things happen in the moment. And um, so look out for the, the Satyaya the gear coming soon, okay? Oh, I'm sure I'm sure to get a set Yaya yeah, yeah, t-shirt for sure. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe even a hat. So, last question before I let you go. May 6th, 2012, Red Sox Orioles, top of the 17th inning, Bobby Valentine calls you in to pitch. Tell me about your experience on the mound that day, regardless of what the result was. It looks here you gave up a three-run home run to Adam Jones. But how was that experience uh, being on the mound for the first time in your career? Nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> Nerve-wracking because, you know, it's different. I pitched before that, never blow out a game, but to be able to pitch, come in, a major pitch in a major league baseball game with the score tied, tied up. Um, it, it, to put it this way, I, def- I saw how, that you know, it's not easy throwing a strike, number one. And you see the fans and, you know, people are like, come on, man, why can't you just throw a strike? Well, it's not easy. And then what else isn't easy is knowing you have to throw a strike when you're 2-0 to a big league hitter. And, you know, you got a guy like Adam Jones in the box. It's kind of, that's, that's pretty, that was pretty scary. And I'm like, man, you know, this guy, he might kill me with this baseball, number one. <laughs> but anyway, it was... It was, uh, all in all, it was a really fun experience to be able to say that um, I pitched in a tie ball game in the big leagues. It's funny because a lot of our younger players that I work with, especially from, uh, you know, like the Dominican Republic, the Latin guys, that's, that's the, I think that's the one thing that they re- remember about my career. It's like, oh, you pitched. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I played a little bit too, but you <laughs> <laughs> pitched. I think the, the the topper of the story is so I, I got the loss, you know, I got the loss and I come up to bat in the bottom of half of the inning and I end the game grounding into a double play off of their pitcher, 
Chris Davis, who was pitching, who was pretty nasty, <laughs> struck out Adrian Gonzalez on three pitches. That guy hit. hit. He was he was batting right right in front of me that game. Wait, man, just don't strike out. Right. That's another reason why the mental game is so important. You know, I didn't strike out, but I grounded into a double play to end the game. You know, first, you know, then I got Johnny Miller, reporter, in my face. First question. I forget what he asked me. I love Johnny Miller because he always asks questions that everyone wants to ask, but right. they don't. So that was Johnny Miller. So that was my day, my eventful day at Fenway. What did you say, May 6th? May 6th, 2012. May 6th, 2012. Wow. Thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had you. How, how was it like playing for uh, Bobby Valentine for that one year or half a season or however how long it was? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just say that uh, team memories from that season. Yeah, I honestly forgot he was even their manager. That's good because I tell I tell my kids we don't talk about the, <laughs> we don't we don't say we don't say that name. Our house now I'm playing. It was a it was an interesting experience. Bobby has just come from Japan, and so he brought a lot of those. Um, you know, so a lot of the things that they did over there, he brought to uh, over here, back to the States, to the, the Boston Red Sox. So it was interesting, but I know that the following year, the Red Sox won the World Series, right? Correct, yeah, 2013. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's cool, man. Great questions. Hit it, Hootie. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.